Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Just make sure that, amen, that, you, that the Lord is with you, okay? Just make sure you take him on vacation. Hallelujah. Just somewhere. All right, and if I could get those lights turned down, please. I think it was last week that my iPad spoke at me, right? Was that last week? Man, gotta be kidding. Technology. And I'm not wearing the watch today because I was wearing my watch uh, here a few days ago and it started vibrating, you know, like a shock collar. The reason why is that uh, it says, it was a low heart rate notification. It says, your heart rate fell below 40 beats per minute for 10 minutes starting at 5.28 a.m. That was after I had a couple of cups of coffee. So, Most people think, well, your, your heart can't go that slow, right? Well, talk to the heart doctor. I don't. Amen. Hallelujah. But I would like, I just like to think that I was completely, about 528, that means I was sitting on the back patio and uh, morning devotions, and apparently I was at ease and resting pretty well. That's the way I like to take it. All right, going to call your attention to the book of Second Kings, and amen, Brother Jamel hasn't lost his spot, he knows exactly. I love it. People, you know, people that sit up front, I just, I like that. Amen. Especially every once in a while when they say amen. Or even in the back when you say amen. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4, going to read verses 8 through 17. And we, uh, we're going to read from the Amplified Version. I believe that's up there. And... Uh, Reads like this, says, one day Elisha, how many of you know who Elisha was? What was special about him? Whoa, that man was, he was dynamo. All right, amen. And uh, he went on to Shunem where a rich and influential woman lived. The King James Version simply says that she was a great woman. 
though that's what great means, she lived there who insisted on his eating a meal. So he would go on, he'd pass by there every once in a while, and she would say, hey, why don't you come on in and for lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever it would be. And afterward, whenever he passed by, he stopped there for a meal. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God who passes by continually. Let us make a small chamber on the housetop. Put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. I guess uh, Elisha didn't need a lot, did he? Amen. And uh, incidentally, just throw this out at you, I have always found that the Lord takes care of me. He takes care of me. And she says, then whenever he comes to us, he can go up outside the stairs and, and rest there. Verse number 11. One day he came and turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him and said to Gehazi, Say now to her, you have been most painstakingly and reverently concerned for us. What is to be done for you? Would you like to be spoken for to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. They are sufficient. Later, Elisha said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, she has no child and her husband is old. He said, call her. Gehazi called her. She stood in the doorway. And there's another message that I have preached before. And the title of that is Standing in the Threshold of a Miracle. But that's not it today. Elisha said to her at this season, when the time comes around, you shall embrace a son. She said, no, my Lord, you, you men of God, do not lie to your handmaid. Verse 17, but the woman conceived, bore a son at that season, the following year, as Elijah had said to her. And I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought, a word about this season. Amen. If you would, if you'd lift your heart to the Lord here for just a couple of minutes, and uh, amen, and uh, we'll, we'll speak uh, what I believe uh, uh, the Lord laid on my heart here today. Amen. Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful for the, those that are, have assembled here this morning. We thank you for your word that we have already heard. We thank you, Lord, for the presence, God, that we have felt here throughout our worship service. We thank you for the liberty, God, and the freedom, Lord, that we have yet today to assemble together and give you our highest praise. Touch us with your word. Let us be encouraged. Let us be drawn close to you, Lord. Amen. Because we do believe that the day approaches, God, that we need, Lord, more than ever. We need to hear from you. We promise we'll give you Glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. America will celebrate 
It's birthday tomorrow. How many years? Anybody know right off? I did my math earlier, so I know. 246, I believe it is. If you would compare that to other nations, we are still, we are an infant. We really are. When you consider that there are nations that are literally thousands of years old, we are still an infant. Amen. And America, thank you, Brother Long, for choosing that particular song to go, uh, uh, go along here this morning. I love that song. But America has been called both the land of promise and the promised land. George Washington is credited with calling America the promised land in 1785. And then there was a minister by the name of John Cotton who called America the land of promise where people can go from one country to another and can find both provision for the body, the land, and the soul, their salvation. I believe America is that country still today. You and I wouldn't have the same opportunity if we lived in Saudi Arabia. We wouldn't have the same opportunity if we lived in, take your pick, another country, China. We wouldn't have that. We are a very blessed people. And part of my message here this morning is to remind us, to encourage us that we need as the church, because we believe in this, that we need to continually hope and pray that what we are possibly seeing in a turnaround for this country can keep moving in the right direction. We desperately need it to continue to move in the direction that there seems to be a little glimpse of hope for us. We don't want to take that for granted. Amen. Elijah the prophet, he was a man that was hungry. He was hungry for what Elijah had. They didn't know God in the revelation of Jesus Christ. They did not. They did not know necessarily the character that had been revealed to you and I through the person of the God-man. They just simply knew him as Elijah did, that he was a God that was very powerful. Elijah had seen him move in the earthquake, Elijah had seen him in the fire at Mount Carmel. Elijah had seen the spirit that covered Elijah. And he says, Elijah, he says, Elijah said, Hey, what can I do for you before the Lord takes me up today? We know the story. Elijah says, Well, one thing I would like is I would like a double portion of what you got. Elijah says, that's a hard thing that you asked for. He says, but if you see me as I go up, 
Amen. And we know the mantle fell. Elisha picked it up. And he said at Jordan's River, he says, Where is the God of Elijah? The waters parted. He picked up that mantle and he went on his way. He was the man of that day that people knew. They knew everything about him. They knew who he was. And Elijah, in his travels, he apparently went through Shunem often enough to cause this woman to recognize him. She knew him as Elisha, the man of God. Joshua 19 records this area of Shunem. Okay, This area is part of the promised land that was given to the tribe of Issachar. Shunem is defined as a quiet place to rest. The woman is described as a great woman. She was prominent in the community. She was a woman of influence in the community. It was, it had the reputation by name of being a quiet place. She was well respected. She was up in age. At least we know her husband was. And as often as Elisha passed by, she insisted that he stop by her home for dinner. And one can only imagine the conversations that went on in her home during the times that Elisha was there. Can you imagine? Hey, Elisha, what was it like when Elijah was taken up? I mean, you were there. What was it like? After a while, she decided to add a room on for Elisha to stay in. We read it. She furnished a room with a bed, a table, a lamp, and a chair. She was developing a relationship with God. That's what our conversations with him, I hope and pray, that they lead to. Okay? She was, she, essentially, she added a room on to her home for God. She added a room on. She recognized, realized that she needed more in life. She needed God in her life, if you will. She wanted to know more about the God that Elisha was sitting there talking to her with a double portion of Elijah's spirit on him. And she asked nothing in return. She apparently was okay with where she was and what she had. A season of barrenness. See, her problem was that she was barren. She was living in the land of promise, but she was barren. You apparently... This story brings out 
We can be living in the land of promise, but living in a season of barrenness. And you see, that is a problem maybe not with you and me at times. Apparently, she had grown accustomed. She was okay with where she was in life. She had influence in the community. Everybody knew who she was. She had built a life for her, possibly in her husband. But she had taken and eased into that lifestyle and of, if, of ease, if you will. And you see... Apparently, that wasn't a problem with her. But we need to understand that that is a problem with God. Okay? God does not operate in barrenness. God does not operate in barrenness. God never leaves us in a barren state. God operates in abundance and perfection. And listen, we all need to... How many are, are thankful for what you have? How many are thankful for what the Lord has given you? But I don't believe that we are ever to get to the point where we just sit and thank Him for what He has done and pretend like or think or lose our promise that He has more for us in the future. Because if, if we are satisfied with where we are, we are like this woman. She was okay. She had accepted the blessings of God that had brought her to that point. But all of a sudden, there came a word to her from God about the season that she was in. And the word came to her and Elisha says, What would you like for me to do? Would you like me to put a word into the king for you? Would you like me to put a word in for to the company commander, the army commander. She says, no, I'm okay with where I am and what I have. And uh, Elisha says, Gehazi, what is it about this woman that would help her? And Gehazi says, she is barren and her husband is old. Elisha says, call her to the door. And he she comes forward and he says, uh, he says, I have a word for this season in your life. He says, about this season that you are in. About the season that you are in. She says, God's not done with you yet. 
God's not done with you yet. You may be okay with where you're at, but the Lord is never, He is never at a stopping point in your spiritual development. He is never out of the picture when it comes to the prophetic word of God. He has always got a word for you to move you into a new season of your future that is going to be so much better than where you are today. He says about this season that you're in. Next season. There's a next season coming in your life. He says, and you will embrace a son. It was so far out there in her mind that she says, Oh, man of God, do not speak to me a lie. Don't give me a future promise that will not come to pass because we are old, we are okay with where we are. We got a nice home, we got each of us a car, we got an okay job, and I'm all right with just, with just hosting the presence of God. No! God's, He loves it when you host Him. He loves it when you entertain Him. But He wants you to give birth to a miracle child of promise that is going to be a voice in the future. Because, listen to me, if you die barren, the blessings of God die with you. But if you, if you will give birth to a promised season next year, Elijah was saying, he says that then the blessings of God can flow through another generation of people. And listen to me, we serve an abundant God. We don't serve a barren God. He is a God of great abundance. He wants a season. He wants to give you a season of abundance. Second Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstance, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in Him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Oh, I want to give to the work of God. I want to give to the work of God. If I had a million dollars, I would give abundantly to the work of God. If I have a thousand dollars, I will give abundantly to the work of God. 
If I have one talent, then I will give that talent abundantly to God because I know that when I put anything into his hands, he has a way of making it a future harvest. Jesus said in John 10.10, he says, the thief comes to destroy your life. He comes to take away from your life. He comes and He tells you that you have to be the way that you are. He comes at you and He tells you that you can't have an abundant, joy, happy, filled, Holy Ghost dwelling inside of your kind of a life. He tells you you can't jump and rejoice. Jesus said, not so. He says, I have come. To give you life and to give you an abundant life. That means a life that is absolutely overflowing. Ephesians 3.20, one of our favorites of course. Now to him who was able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. More than all that we dare ask or think. He said, I dare you to ask me of something that is so outrageous. I dare you to even think about that I am rich enough to give you and to bless you. uses the word infinitely. He says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to his power that is at work within us. Elijah knew what kind of power he had. He, he knew. I wonder what he I wonder what he felt. I mean, one thing to have, you know, the spirit of Elijah on you, but to have a double portion of that, boy, I'm telling you what, that guy probably couldn't sleep at night. Listen, here's the word, here's a word for the church to come against barrenness. When the enemy comes to you and tries to convince you that you're, you're never going to have the blessing of God in your life, you're never going to have your prayer answered, it's never going to come to pass. Uh, I'm going to give you a word that will absolutely destroy barrenness, and that is abundance. I want you to know that God does not deal in barrenness. He is filled. He is full. Amen.
She does. She gives birth to a son. The Bible tells us, wow, she never. Oh, listen. Her, listen carefully. Okay? All she was wanting to do was build a relationship with God. She just wanted to invite him in. She wanted to entertain the Lord. She wanted to sup and dine with the Lord. She wanted to converse with Elijah, right? She wanted to hear more about the great God that he served. She, was, she wasn't worried about any gain. She just wanted to build a relationship with God. Not about what he can do for me. Clemson, not about what he can do. Not about how he can fill my pocket with gold and silver. Not about, you know, I'm a car guy, right? There's just something about new cars that attract me. Big, shiny objects. Can't help it. But I'm not in it for 